0: Welcome to this week's edition of Premier League on Tap with your host, Zach, otherwise known as Drafting for Upside on Twitter, and I am Peter Espinosa. Unfortunately, Nate couldn't be with us today, so Zach and I will be working through all the Game game Week 18 matchups for you. You know, as we're likely to see some really good streaming options over the next couple of game weeks, kind of with the World Cup-induced, reworked, but still heavily saturated schedule of uh, matches through the new year. So, Zach... How are you? How's the, how did the first week of, of Prem Football treat you?
1: Uh, it actually went fantastic. So one of my uh, leagues I actually was able to get the top score uh, due to some major stacks and uh, just honestly upside slash lucky plays. But uh, these are a lot of players that kind of went into the World Cup on the low, and I'm glad to see them maybe emerging uh, on more of a high with, with the break they've gotten, most of them aren't uh, players that featured in the world cup. So I'm wondering if that trend will continue. Um, I know that we still have some players that are uh, awaiting a return to
0: their club teams though. Definitely. I'm sure we'll get to some of those players that made it happen for you this week, but let's, uh, let's dive right in as uh, we just had game week 17 wrap up about an hour ago with city and Leeds, And now next Next up is the Friday, the first matchup. West Ham United versus Brentford. West Ham favored by half a goal. Um, Zach, is this an exciting matchup, or is this one that we're going to maybe not wake up early for?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not thinking this is going to be one that I'm looking to watch. Uh, It's Friday afternoon, so Mm -hmm. uh, I'm probably going to be working at this time, and I don't anticipate uh, trying to sneak out of work for this one because it's the a pretty average over/under at two and a half. West Ham favored by a little bit, probably just because they're at home. Uh, I think you know, last game they maybe weren't at their best, but they started out hot against Arsenal. Uh, you know, Benny's on fire. Ride him till the wheels fall off. I think he looks to be a bit in form, but uh, I'm not reaching to start any of these defenders that aren't named. Crestwell, just because I don't think the uh they get forward enough to really generate any type of chance creation
0: gotcha yeah and note on that game Skamaka still questionable and um so you know if he starts I think he's a safe start as he started to started to adapt to the Premier League before the World Cup he and Lucas Paqueta started to kind of find a rhythm together um so he's one to watch out for if he starts. And everything else you've got on West Ham, I, I think that's spot on. Um, being a Spurs fan, I'll, I'll start with Brentford since they were our opponent last week. And, you know, I was particularly impressed with Emblemo and Tony. They, they really gave the Spurs back line a, a difficult day. Tony playing back to the ball. There wasn't any of our three defenders across the back who could really stop him. And and Buemo's speed um really kind of shine. That's where he that's where his game kinda kinda came to light. And they and they and they beat us on the break. It was good. So I think if you feel comfortable start, starting either of them, but the main uh I think the main guy this week is, is is Christian Norgaard. He's back. He's pretty underwhelmingly underowned in a lot of leagues. So I'd go get him and he's, you know, in that midfield three, four conversation as he's you know he's kind of the undisputed engine room of that midfield
1: yeah i like that Brentford, yeah i like that shout i think he's he's definitely a guy flying under the radar i tried picking him up in a couple leagues before the break but just the way that some of the lineup variation played out with injuries and whatnot i had to toss him back uh back into the pond Mm of of the waiver world and he got scooped right back up so He's, he's a guy I think I'd look to start. I don't think West Ham is too stark of a matchup for midfielders, uh, and Brentford uh, should be able to generate some offense, though. I think he's more of a floor play, as Brentford do not tend to generate a lot of scoring opportunities. They're more uh, a team that feasts off efficiency. So, yeah, look to look to start him as like a mid-four floor play uh, and just avoid those outside backs.
0: Perfect. And then I know we discussed Ethan Pennick a little bit. Safe start for you.
1: Yeah. I think he's, he's getting back into form. He's probably back in my good graces as like a defender to uh, just given the landscape of defenders. I know we say given the landscape of defenders, given the landscape of forwards, they're really weak uh, this year, both of them. Uh, most of the scoring seems to be concentrated in midfields. And so I think most people are left with a surplus there and, uh, But I would say Pinnock is probably – I mean, he's he's probably a top 24 defender now. He seems to have a safe floor. Um, And like I said, for the rest of Brentford, really just low upside because he's probably not going to score, get any returns, or get forward. He's going to just feast on aerials and um, interceptions and whatnot.
0: All right, Brentford, West Ham. So after that, moving on to what could be a little bit more of an exciting game, Liverpool – Leicester, liverpool at home favored by a goal and a half over unders 3.25 so i i want to start with you zach about you know real quickly Gakpo's probably not going to be in the lineup or even on the bench this week but obviously you're you're spending a fair amount of a fab or if it's a it's a snake league he's pretty high up if you've got waiver wire one you're probably you're probably grabbing him
1: yeah for sure uh i think it's It's always possible that a guy with more upside than Gakpo ends up getting into the January uh, transfer Mm -hmm. list, but it's this early on and you don't know what's going to happen. So I'm 100% going for, with all my fab, um, you know, measured out what you're going to have to spend, but uh, I'd be willing to dump it all on him, frankly, especially if you need it. He'll probably come in as a forward, especially if you need a forward, uh, which a lot of people do. He's going to be a great option to kind of coast out for the second half of the season. Big impact player for you and for Liverpool. You'd think that he'd start most games given the injuries that they have. You could say, oh, well, when everyone returns that uh, he might not start, well, you know, this line, this forward line has currently glass bones and paper skin. So I, they're starting Alex Oxley-Chamberlain. Chamberlain at left winger. They might start Elliot this week. Like, he's got a spot right now, and just take it and run. You know, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a great future talent. So definitely get in early on him. Get your fab in. Um, if you have first waiver, definitely use it. Anything through third or fourth, really, you might have a chance.
0: But um, just pray, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I. He's he's created a bit of a predicament in... And- now, I was lucky lucky enough to pick up Diaz from a frustrated owner before who just simply dropped him before the World Cup knowing he was going to be back. But then, of course, we've got the injury that's going to see him out till March. And now that he'll have even further competition with Gakpo having two, three months with the team. So now I'm struggling whether or not to even hold Diaz again simply because roster construction is probably going to, at some point in the next, you know, 10 game weeks, I'm probably going to need that spot. So, but, uh, anything else on Liverpool? I mean, they've, you know, they've got a kind of a beaten down Leicester team. So the, you know, you may see a little bit of, of chopping and changing, even though they're, like you said, their forwards have their, their forward injuries have forced them to start Ox, who's not really on the fan tracks radar. He was pretty underwhelming in that game.
1: Yeah. I think I'd avoid, i'd avoid any of those ancillary options really other than i i do like elliot i think he's really talented he's just kind of a risky player to start just because he can get yanked early if he's not playing well that game um so he's more like a mid four with definitely some risk but like i'm not looking to start fabino or henderson any of those defenders i'm comfortable starting but I'm not really not expecting a clean sheet here. I'm just expecting them to be able to get forward and probably have just a decent floor, maybe they ship a goal or maybe even two, but you know, over under 3.25 there's a good chance Leicester
0: gets one. So, on to Leicester, I'll start here. Leicester's a early on in the year before they went on that 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 streak of wins before the World Cup, when they when it wasn't happening for them, their body language and their on the field, I mean, they looked those five, six, seven weeks, we all thought Brendan Rodgers was going to be sacked. I, th- we all thought, you know, they kind of looked like they were going to be sacked too. They, when they get down, they are so down on themselves. Tielemann, especially with James Madison out this week, I'm really avoiding everybody besides Tielemann. Kind of looking in the in the mid three four range, but if if you have somebody else comfortable, like if you can, if you've got a midfield where you can start Harvey Elliott rather than Tielemann, I'm probably going to do that. Just because this team, if they go down early, they can get horribly down on themselves and their body language just continues to kind of drive them into the ground. Yeah, I
1: don't know if I'd quite go as far as starting Elliott over Telamon. It depends on your lineup and your need for, for upside or risk in it. But I can see a world where that happens. Would you? So I assume you'd start Elliot over
0: someone like Harvey Barnes as well. Well, that the same conversation every week. His matchup is TAA, so I don't know. I'm just I'm when Leicester are down, they're very down, and I don't have a lot of confidence in them right now. After that, after the the thrashing by Newcastle, especially when Newcastle didn't even have three of their four main attacking options, so I'm I'm really not. I'm 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 really not into risking a game week by by trying to get cute and start somebody from Leicester with a tough matchup.
1: Yeah, but to play Devil's advocate, you know, I guess we don't necessarily care if uh, you know, Liverpool has prime Cristiano Ronaldo up top. Like we just want a de- defense that's semi porous for some of these attacking options and you know, Liverpool has looked susceptible. So there's probably a world like you're saying where Harvey Barnes is able to get the better of Trent and maybe get a return or at least generate some type of offense could be better than could be a better chance of generating something than against Newcastle who've been just brutally stout uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah.
0: So I think that's it there. Um, Moving on to the uh, the first game on Saturday, Wolves-Man United. Uh, man United favored by half a goal over under two and a half. Wolves, you know, their main man, Potence last week, now questionable to play because of an injury. They got the last-minute winner against Everton. So a bit of momentum for uh, for Lopetegui as he starts. But what are you thinking about? This game in general, and Wolves. Is there anything you're interested in with this with this Wolves team?
1: Yeah, some some cautious um, optimism. I think it's not a game you are looking to really start any of those attackers, other than you know maybe like uh, Guedes. Uh, but Man United are seemingly a bit different of a team now. I know they almost gave one up to Nottingham Forest, but uh, you know they seem to be pretty industrious, and I would say a generally strong defensive team and Wolves are one of the least potent offenses, if not the least potent. Uh, So I'm really not looking to, to start any of them other than, like I said, maybe Guadej benching all defenders for sure here. And you could look at like Ruben Neves, but he's going to be reliant on those long shots and uh, maybe a penalty or
0: something like that. Quick, quick question before we move on to United. If you've still got Adama after one game, which I know it's just one game with Lopezague, but he wasn't he wasn't in the starting lineup. Came out in the second half. Are you if you've held him now? Are you still holding him further, or are you getting him out of there and bringing in somebody else that's got a little more upside and promise based on the team they're on?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's hard to it's hard to know for sure. Uh, I don't actually have him anywhere, so. haven't had to face this decision myself but i would think if i held him given his history of maybe not staying in coach's good graces i'd stick with him for one two weeks tops if he doesn't start after that universal drop uh before then if you need to drop him um like if he's really going to help you win your matchup this week i think that's going to do more than what you're risking giving away by dropping him
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I just I asked because I made the early decision. I was a little frustrated and shipped him out for I think Norgard in both situations. So, uh, so moving on to United, uh, Diego Dallas still out. So for me, I I I think Melacia played fairly well this week. Got a yellow card and was still able to 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 generate some ghost points. And I'm. With the mixing and matching that we could see over the next couple of game weeks, I think if he or um, Juan Basaka show up right back, I'm I'm happy to roll them out as a as a decent streaming option. Honestly, as a as a defender, you know, even as high as two, just because of the way and the and the options at defense that you know they're so thin. I feel like either of them, united on a bit of a roll, they'll get li- they'll get Lisandra Martinez back. You you may even see Harry Maguire in the mix. So their, their defense is, is looking up rather than down. Um, anything else from United that you like against a you know, stout Wolves team on one end, but fairly weak team on the other?
1: Nothing major. I'm just surprised that they're not higher in clean sheet odds. I know Wolves are at home and got two goals last week, but I think uh, they're still, like I said, one of the least potent teams are actually second last in goal-creating chances per 90 uh, and showing really no promise of doing much better than that so uh i know man united's defense is a bit in flux we saw we saw Shaw at center back this week but honestly i don't think he was really that bad from what i saw uh and they're going to be getting players back soon so Uh, i'd fire up any of the four defenders really here maybe veron holding the least uh potential upside but i like that Mm -hmm. shout
0: yeah and keep our our rashford our you know the time we spent on on the podcast last week about rashford was pretty pretty well warranted he was the player you know he was kind of the alpha in the attack this last week and he was this you know he was he was the speedy man on the break that where he thrives and it was not not great as a spurs fan or you as a liverpool fan to see that but He's doing what we thought he would be doing, so keep rolling him out as near forward one territory.
1: Definitely forward one for me, given if you look at any of the rest, it just <laughs> he's he's definitely in the forward one territory. I'd rather play him than like a Che Adams every day of the week.
0: Oh yeah, Jay is. I know, <laughs> I know he's gotten better with his finishing, but he's got he's got the can't hit the goal syndrome that it sneaks in every night. I know that he's, he's, he's done fairly well as he's, as he's progressed in the premier league, but every now and then he'll go three or four games where it looked like the Jay Adams of two years ago, where he's, he sat in front of the goal with you know four chances a game and somehow they trickle wide or they clip the bar on the way over and he's got his hands to head. He's, <laughs> he's one of the players that's made me laugh more than most in the premier league, just because of his, uh, his, his inability to hit the target in promising situations. But yeah, I agree. We'll 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 get to him later. Um, next up, Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace, an absolute barn burner this week. It is a pick 'em, evens on the odds, and we've got under over of two point two five. Um, Zach, we had a little conversation before before we clicked on today, and how. Some of the Palace assets can be incredibly frustrating. Where are you on the main assets? You know, Zaha, Elise, Eze, and anybody else outside of the main three? What are you thinking?
1: Man, they're just like a drug that's tough to quit sometimes because you watch them and they're (laughs) just so exciting. But this team is just brutal. I was telling you before, Crystal Palace are, I believe, uh, without a shot on target in the past two games. And I think I saw a stat that no team or no team in a long time have done that three games in a row. So uh, arrows are pointing up in maybe terms of positive regression being inbound, but they aren't really showing any signs of being a potent offense. They're one of the lowest scoring teams as a whole in every position. Uh, they really don't bring much upside with them but as we owners know it's it's a team that's tough to quit if you have Zaha and Eze and Olise I think you start all of them and you hope that this is the bounce back uh, that's been waiting Mm -hmm. especially against Bournemouth
0: if you had to start one and only one which one is at the top of your list
1: Olise I think he presents the best
0: upside and floor combined yeah he takes the majority of the free kicks, especially if they're on the right side of the pitch. And he's, yeah, I agree. Zaha, once again, always he's got two interests: scoring goals and trying to fight whoever's playing right back for the other team. And it's just frustrating because if he if he if he stayed focused, he <laughs> he would be such a fun fantasy asset. And he's got to be a, you know just a nightmare to manage based on the ups and downs that you go through and on his on-field behavior sometimes it just it drives me bonkers so i'm actually trying to trade him out which his his most recent fan track scorelines have not aided me in that so like you said maybe this is the bounce back week and i might be able to to move him on yeah um a couple notes for them mark gay he will be back after suspension so they while they lose Tyreek Mitchell at left back, they will get Gahey back at center back. So, kind of, you know, take one give one. Re- really, no upgrade there. Uh, Bournemouth, James Taverniers doubtful, but that's better than it was last week. If he does pop up in the starting lineup, he was, I, you know, over the last three games before the before the World Cup, he was the in form midfielder at least. I mean his his fan track scoring, not just, uh, counting stats, but the ghost stats were off the charts. I mean, he was, you know, 15, 25, 35, um, any hesitation at all rolling him out. And then what about beyond Tavernier for Bournemouth?
1: Yeah, he worries me a little bit. Uh, he was on fire right before the world cup. So he's going to be tempting. Uh, I am probably looking for another option here if I can. Um, but I understand the need to or the desire to start him uh in what mm. I would say is a a medium match matchup. I know Crystal Palace give up quite a few goals, but they're just it seems like they're just a they just nuke all upside potential in games really by just a slow pace of play and not to end to end. Um so yeah, Bournemouth at home, you got Tavernier. I I could see him as For myself, is more of like a mid four, but he's got the upside of a mid two.
0: He's definitely he definitely has the momentum of a mid two. It's just, you know, whether he, you also have the risk of he may not play the whole game because his fitness may not be there, coming off an injury. But he's I think you and I both have a little bit of an infatuation with him that I know the samples I know the Premier League sample size of his is small, but him being the you know kind of the main attacking and uh asset in that team you know when they play and they're looking to and they're looking for relief out of the back he's always kind of who they're looking for and he's he's got the freedom to move around the pitch to go get the ball wherever it is and i really like that in a midfielder as you know he's he's he starts and ends the build up once that the defense can can kind of clear their lines so for me i if he starts, it'd be hard. I don't. I don't know him anymore because I ditched him before he went on the run. But if he's if he's in the starting lineup and you've got him, or if he somehow's available, you know, grab him, start him, and hope he uh, hope he's fully fit.
1: Yeah, yeah. What do you say and, we move and, on to Fulham and uh, their matchup against Southampton?
0: Let's do it. Fulham Southampton at Craven Cottage. Fulham, wow, only favored by point two five and the over under uh two point seven five that over under seems a i don't know it seems a bit low based on their their most recent performance and they're at home um let's let's start with fulham what do you i mean does that feel low to you i feel like they should be favored a bit more since they're they're kind of proving to be you know the best promotion team they've got some incredible attacking assets what um How do you feel about Fulham in this matchup?
1: Well, the thing to keep in mind is uh, Crystal Palace did get two reds last week, so, uh, you know, (laughs) they'd be hard-pressed to lose that game, but I agree, they're in good form. As long as they have Mitrovic, they're pretty much guaranteed to score at least a goal, probably two, and Southampton is not known as some sort of, um, you know, scoring powerhouse, so, I think uh I think the lines probably a bit uh you know a bit hesitant on Fulham side but you know the odds makers know better than we do. I always I always say and I always believe so there's probably something we're just not seeing here uh from maybe it's from the Southampton side, you know. They were uh, they were expected to score 1.91 goals last week versus Brighton's 0.64 and they lost 1 to 3 um and i believe they wow. had a, a similar result to newcastle back in november where they were expected to score 1.74 to newcastle's 0.86 and they lost 4-1 so they're they're really underperforming their xg as of recently and their opponents are really overperforming so i don't know if they got to get a new keeper yes. or
0: what but <laughs> especially brighton the the kind of the perennial Underperformers when it comes to XG, I didn't realize they outperformed so so heavily last week. the 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 Deserby ball must be must be the reason for that. But we'll get to them in a minute. Um, yeah, Fulham, obviously Mitrovic, you know, top two, three, fours this year, crazy, and he was he was phenomenal in that game. I I know, like you said, there was one or two less men he really had to work around to find space, but he was everywhere. All across the front line. He was on the wings, receiving the ball, playing crosses in. And so I like you know, I like Willie on this week. Um Kyle Walker Peters is back for Southampton, but he himself, you know, he when he sees the opportunity, he does like to bomb forward and that'll create a little bit of space for Willie on who is ab is not known for tracking back. So uh fulham on the break with Willie on in space is something I'm gonna look for this week. So if you've got him, I think he's a he's a he's he's a decent start this week. Um, Kenny Tete was he you know, he induced the Tyreek Mitchell red card last week. And he's he's pretty dangerous down that down that right wing, especially for uh for a you know, less than average defense, which Southampton is. Um so which let's move on to Southampton. One positive for James Ward Prouse owners is he even though their lineup sheet has him lining up still in that kind of deep lying role. His his heat map was very much box to box box to box last week and he was involved in the final run of play in the final third. He scored great, so I still if you had any hesitancies about playing him going forward, I wouldn't. I I play him every week comfortably unless it's unless it's City probably and I don't have any better options. But um what about you, Zach? Anything Anything stand out for Southampton this week?
1: Not much. A dozy. Um, definitely a priority pickup mm-hmm. for everyone. And a great streamer this week as something resembling a forward to, I don't think, Fulham's defense is uh, something to behold. They struggle to keep clean sheets, I know, toward the beginning of the season. And I've kind of had a couple of lucky cleanies uh, recently. Even though I do like Tate, I, I agree on that stream as a defender three because anytime you, um, you know, get a guy who can cross it into Mitrovic for a goal, you know he's got plenty of upside going forward. Uh, and Southampton is not the most potent offense. I still like Edozi, like I said, forward two. Um, he's young, he's talented. Hope he gets uh, some good minutes coming up and becomes more of a mainstay in that lineup. And, you know, you could see his stock rise exponentially.
0: Yeah, he seems to be their own, really the only player on Southampton who is comfortable receiving the ball turning and taking on a player one-on-one over and over again, whether he's successful or not. And that kind of confidence, especially in such a young guy, is 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 really positive to see. So he's definitely hopefully one for now for anybody who's rostering him and playing him, but he's definitely one for the future, even if he doesn't. You know, adapt at a rapid pace to uh, to the Premier League, but absolutely one to to pick up and start this week if uh, if you've got the opportunity. Um, next up, Man City Everton. A city at home, favored by 2.25 goals. The over/under is 3.25 goals. As you've got here for a sack, they've got the highest clean sheet odds of the uh, of the weekend or of this, of game week 18. Uh, City is always an interesting one. I got absolutely hosed today by Pep Roulette with the benching of Cancelo and uh, Bernardo Silva, which was not fun. Cost me a game week with no other options to swap him out. Are we going to see more interesting choices? Like we saw Rico Lewis today at right back. Could we see any other guys over the next couple of week weeks in, in Pep's lineup that, that people should be looking out for?
1: Yeah, there's the potential for some rotation at the wing back spot. Like you just mentioned, uh, Joe Cancelo not getting the start today for, uh, Rico Lewis to hop in the squad. I think, uh, you know, you're in a good spot here. It's on Saturday, uh, where, you know, 10 a.m. You'll, or 9 a.m. I guess you'll know who's starting and you can pivot accordingly as you, you couldn't this week where, uh, they were the only game on the slate today or for Wednesday. That is, uh, mm-hmm you know the number one clean sheet odds so any defender that you have for man city is an auto start in my opinion uh even though i've expressed some hesitancy in the past just given their low low floors otherwise since they don't need to get involved uh you know everyone is just, everyone is a start this week on city there's just nowhere you can go wrong start them all with confidence
0: and then after that city's kind of self-explanatory you know Cole Palmer pops up give him a go he's he's an exciting young player and uh, any chance to connect with with Holland will is a is a is a positive thing for a player for you to grab and start that week Everton I am I just not interested in anything this week DCL is so questionable um there <laughs> it's I don't have much more to say I've got on my on my avoid category I've got a lot of them I mean are you in, are you interested in anyone? You know, maybe a Damari Gray or some or someone else against this city team at home?
1: One guy that puts me in a tough spot. I I'm I'm probably gonna say bench uh would be Tarkowski. Uh he has been really pretty reliable this season. He's doesn't seem to go negative ever just because of that amazing uh aerial floor that he has. Uh, and he's actually pretty good at avoiding getting cards which is important as a center back but uh it is city so it's like if there ever was a time to bench him it's now I uh I think I'd venture to bench him unless you have no other option to start him I know sometimes you've got injured guys or guys who haven't returned but you can't drop on your bench um I wouldn't I wouldn't hate starting him but he's uh Definitely not one I'm excited about starting against the City side.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna to be tough to have any optimism <laughs> bringing in uh, bringing in anybody from Everton against against City this week. I would say avoid at all costs if you know if you can. Yeah, I agree. City were pretty good today against a you know a pretty f- in their eyes frustrating lead side for 45 minutes until they they finally broke the deadlock after in the 46th minute in the first half but really they were you know they were troubled for a while so but i can't see any other outcome other than a, a, a comfortable city win here uh next up a team that is fun to watch at the moment and that has more to come with players coming off injury is is newcastle newcastle versus leeds newcastle is uh, favored by uh, 1.25 goals the over-under is 2.75 i've got callum wilson is is, it's still questionable because of an illness because of an illness but zach it doesn't seem to matter it's it's whoever they drop into whatever position this team just seems to flow and are really on top of it right now eddie howe is is working his magic what is there, is there anyone you're avoiding this week? How, how are you feeling about Newcastle against a Leeds team that can be frantic and frustrating and, you know, they, they have a lot of energy?
1: Yeah, just uh probably as usual, I'm looking to start really any of those forwards. And whoever the third mid is, uh, whether it's, like, Longstaff or I guess John Trishelvey's out for a while now, so probably Longstaff. I'm not looking to start him. I don't think there's a whole lot of upside there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'd pretty much just stick to Joelinton and uh, Willock for that midfield spot. Uh, defenders are always mm-hmm. a start for Newcastle, I think. They're the highest uh, per 90 scoring team on defense. They can keep a clean sheet, I believe, against anybody. Like even, maybe not Man City, but I, I think they legitimately have the chances to get a clean sheet every single week. Um, they're just, uh, man, I mean, has there ever been a turnaround as big as this?
0: I mean, it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. And just how quickly it's happening. And like I said, they just seem to all be in tune and on the same page. Even after having some players come back from the World Cup, it the the rhythm didn't seem to be disrupted at all. Kieran Trippier is having one of the most astonishing, not just fantasy, but seasons that a defender has ever had. I mean, he is... I know this is a fantasy show, and it has... His fantasy production is incredible. He was the number one scoring Fantrax player today before the city game. I think Holland, depending on your league scored somewhere in the realm of 30 today. So he overtook him, but still for a defender in, in a season that has so few, I mean, Trippier is his value is, you know, priceless. And he's just, I mean, every game scoring return, attacking return, it's, it's incredible. I'm. I, it makes me wish he was still at Spurs, and makes it makes me sad we let him go. Yeah, um, their opponent's Leeds. Like I said, Leeds. Even they have a they have a lot of injury issues at the moment. Uh, Sinistera, Somerville, Bamford—they're all questionable, kind of working their way back. On one player to keep in mind for me, I'm not sure if this is the weekend to scream it to stream him is uh, Wilfred Nyanto. He did start at at a left wing today against City, and he was, when he was interested in the game, when he was interested in the attack, especially after they were down 2-3-0, he really, he really shined for a while, especially with the connection with Aronson. Those two guys seem to be on the same page. And so he took a few players on a few times and worked his way into the box solely on his own. And we know that that is his game. I mean, he he's... He, he plays for the Italian national team and he's, he, he actually plays right wing back for them sometimes right back, but he's always in the attacking half. So I'd be hesitant to grab him this week, but he's somebody I'm definitely looking at for, uh, for the weeks to come when they've got maybe a more favorable matchup. Um, anybody else from Leeds that you're particularly interested in, either trying to go get, I, so another player, Sam Greenwood started today and he, he he took, most of the corners and some of the free kicks, so he does have this set piece value. Um, are you interested in in can anybody new from this team, Zach? Not really. I think uh, you know
1: Newcastle is just so strong defensively that they're going to be able to withstand just about anything that Leeds throws their way. Especially with these uh, injuries you mentioned, I think Somerville's dangerous, but he didn't even get in the game today. I don't think, uh, though he was on the bench. And Newcastle is second or second best in terms of preventing goal creating actions. So, clean sheet odds here are decently high. I believe they're fourth on the slate. Yeah, fourth on the slate at 44%. So, uh, do not look at any Leeds assets as strong starts. I'm okay starting like Aronson, maybe. Uh, but Newcastle are just uh, always outperforming their XG, it seems like. And I don't see that stopping.
0: Yeah, and Callum Wilson back. It can only it can only be stronger from uh from here in, I don't say and Alan Saint Maximine should be nearing a start as well. So not that they want to disrupt the rhythm, but at some point you gotta bring those both those guys back into the lineup when they're ready. Um for me, and I think you'll agree, Zach, game of the week is is this Brighton Arsenal match. Uh Brighton at home, Arsenal's favored just by quarter of a goal the over under is 2.75 goals um where where do you want to start here what do you you it's it's interesting obviously arsenal are you know probably starting everyone but what about brighton who are you comfortable starting the the main assets here how do you feel
1: yeah i i'm comfortable starting um i i think they all possess some lower upside but if someone like McAllister or March or Gross, they start, like, you're starting them 100%, and I didn't include Trossard, because you're an idiot if you don't start him as well, but uh, I think it gets a bit gray when you approach the Matoma category or whoever might take that left-wing spot, Uh, and then the defenders, like, are are you starting a Stupinot in this one? I'm really not sure.
0: Yeah, as somebody who Loves a stupignon and I'm I'm cooling because I was hoping he was going to be that volume crosser and the, you know that that bomber, which he kind of he he he's up and down a lot, and he seems to always receive the ball in a decent attacking position, but his his ghosting, which I was confident about, is really cooling me on him. I'm not dropping him yet, but this may be the week where I give him a rest, and if if that turns into him breaking out fine, I'll, I'll, I'll ride the breakout on the other side of it, but it's going to be a tough matchup against Arsenal. He'll have, you know, he'll have Martinelli to deal with who, or no, excuse me. He'll have Saka to deal with, which either one, not a real attractive uh, matchup to, to start someone who is already proven to not really be consistently productive in Fantrax uh, scoring. So I'm, I'm, I'm benching a stupid Jan, but I'm probably, I'm not dropping him yet. Yeah, that's, I think that's fair. Um, Arsenal, uh, Emile Smith-Rowe, still a doubt, but he's, he's nearing, he's nearing a return. And I, I, th- I think last week you said you picked him up. Are you still holding Emile Smith-Rowe in hopes he gets a start over the next couple game weeks with kind of the crowded schedule? Or are you more interested in somebody like, like Fabio Vieira, since he's, He's kind of maintained his health, and he's seen some of the pitch this year.
1: Yeah, with my team situation, I'd say I'm able to hold him since I, you know, I describe the midfield situation for what I believe to be most teams is, you know, they have extras, and I don't feel like I would need to start someone in the midfield slot. But if mm. you aren't in that situation, 100% drop him if Fiera gets the start and and enroll him out because he'll have much more value. In what's probably more of a mid tier matchup for um, midfielders against Brighton uh, at home for Brighton. Uh, other than that, though, I don't really see much variation in their lineup. Arsenal is one of those teams where you can feel pretty confident uh, who they're starting week to week, which is real nice. I believe this is also, yeah, the twelve thirty 30 EST uh, matchup. So you'll have to uh, have a little bit more faith. You might not be looking to stream, but if you are, uh, yeah, I like ESR or Vieira as starts. Whenever they get a start, uh, they're in one of the top performing offenses in the league.
0: Yeah, Arsenal remains pretty self explanatory. Pending, you know, we don't get a big. At some point, you think some of the the attacking front three plus Odegaard, jacques Partey are going to get a rest. But you never know. They're they're all quite young. They may just have the the. Uh, you know the fitness to play all thirty-eight games if asked. I'm sure they. I'm sure they wouldn't be opposed to it. But yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, really excited for this one. And um, we'll uh, with that, we'll move on to the Sunday matchups. Our our final two matchups of the week. Uh, the early kick on Sunday is Tottenham Villa. Tottenham favored by point uh, seven five goals. The over under two point seven five. Uh, I'll since it's since it Spurs, I'll start off here. Uh, Tottenham fifth highest clean sheet odds of the weekend with 40%, which being, <laughs> being a, a frustrated Spurs fan, that seems high. However, sounds like Christian Romero and Rodrigo Bentancur are both possibles for this week. They're both at least back, and so depending on where they are fitness-wise, Romero's been uh, in celebration mode doing God knows what in Argentina with the rest of the squad for, what is it? 10 days now so we'll we'll see if he's ready to go that is obviously that gives a big boost to your other uh spurs clean sheet seekers which really is a, you're only going to be looking at the wing backs dyer's a big no long is a so a maybe he had the assist for Kane's goal this last week um hopefully doherty continues to start he's a really strong stream that if Emerson gets shipped out in January, which there is a bit of talk about that, he could turn into a hold. So start him if he's there, and everybody else. You know, you're starting easily. Um, Zach, anything to add on Spurs? And then I'll let you. I'll let you move on to Villa and w- what you think of their assets for the week.
1: Yeah, Villa seems to be a bit susceptible, uh, and you know there could be some variation there in that lineup. We never really know. Uh, but Spurs, uh, they got actually quite a few guys coming off the World Cup, so you know they might improve as, as time continues. But you gotta like Matt Doherty at that uh, right mid slash right wing back spot, banging in crosses to a pretty potent offense. Uh, you'd hope he regains some of that form from last year, even and can fend off Emerson. Uh, so yeah, I like him. I think he's a really really. Um, strong fantasy asset right now he possesses some great upside even though you don't know for a fact he's going to start every week which is a bit upsetting if you're um, looking at him for this week and the sunday games but there is backup uh following that you know maybe you can get like Plaqueta as your backup uh or maybe like a ben davies um i think there's there's some place to be had on this tottenham side albeit low upside other than those front three and and
0: uh, Doherty. Mm-hmm. For uh, for Villa one, so I, I'm a I'm a Dinya owner and I got him after the you know frustrated owner in the first half of the year and he's still been pretty underwhelming. Although against Liverpool last week, even though shipping three goals, uh, he still scored eight and a half points. So the ghosting version of Dean that we know and love from Everton could be an indication that he's 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 feeling better, he's feeling more confident. They've got a new coach in. Are um are you I mean are you starting Dean this week and anyone else? What do you think?
1: I think Dina would be the only potential starter just cuz uh you know Villa's not really they're they're pretty low scoring defense uh per 90. They're actually 6th worst, uh, I believe or at least around there. Uh, and they're going up against Tottenham. I mean, are we really envisioning a clean sheet here? Probably not. I uh, know you'd hope not. And uh, <laughs> you know they're away from home, so this is not a game where I would project them to, you know, ship anything less than a goal. You could even give up two. So uh, I don't, I don't think you're going to have a much better option at defender because you know Digne's got that potential to go forward, giving him some sort of a floor, but. Uh, you know, there's a scenario where I could see benching him. I just can't come up with the name as of right now of who I'd bench him for. Um, I think he, you know, probably is going to be better than, you know, starting a Tarkowski against Man City, but I don't know how much better it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, scenario, would you rather play Dean against Tottenham or Jordan Zamora for Bournemouth against Crystal Palace?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, probably objectively Zamora, but I think most people are going to probably go with Dini on that one.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think it's tough cause Zamora is, he's rather attacking. He not a real consistent scorer, but you could hope that you get him on that week against a week in defense where maybe he has an attack in return. He'd be, it'd be a bit of a shot, you know, a shot taken, but could very well pay off and reward. you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like um, Palace has
1: looked like they're going to punish you if you make the wrong starting decision at defense. So I think Samura right. probably has more safety and probably similar upside.
0: Yep. We'll see. We'll come back to that next week, see how they see yeah. how they did comparatively. Um, other than that, um, Buendia Watkins, I think, are, if you get late in the week and – I mean, hopefully by then you've played the majority of your starting 11 and you aren't forced to to slot one of them in. I know it's a a leaky Spurs defense, but it just – my feel is they're not going to have a good time at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I almost said White Hart Lane. At the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday. Spurs really need to get on those naming rights so I can call it something other than that. Um – Alright, final final matchup of the week. We've got Nottingham Forest Chelsea. Um <laughs> once again, this forest side is just a, a mystery, strange, so many adjectives to describe them. Um anything from you? I do you do you like anyone? Has anyone really established themselves as a as a starter and also someone who you can rely on in fantasy?
1: I don't think so. It's got morgan gibbs white projected to be out uh Mm -hmm. has actually been okay when he started but
0: um he doesn't seem like he's actually that good at football he just is very he's just very energetic and he's always in the box near the six yard box when something pops up that he may be able to tap in which i'm not really into those types of players he's kind of you're looking
1: for a goal otherwise you're you know you're just you're disappointed with what you get so I wouldn't yes. start him. I was, I was just noting him as p- a potentially relevant player, but against Chelsea, I don't <laughs> consider any of these guys viable starts. Um, I mean, they took care of business this week, so it's. Uh, I think Nottingham Forest is going to be like the Norwich of old.
0: You just try. There's no one you really want to start. Yeah, one player that we may mention, uh, Ben slash Brennan Johnson could be somebody that you look at in weaker matchups but not this week. He's when he's in, he takes the penalties, so that's something to to take note if he's if he gets the start and uh you know maybe a kinder weekend in terms of the matchup. Um Chelsea third highest clean sheet odds of the week at 44%. Reece James unfortunately injured again this week. It's kind of heartbreaking for him. Um in terms of his replacement, who do we think's going to step in are they fantasy relevant um what do you think zach
1: yeah i think it's it's pretty simple start all your defenders even um even as plaqueta i think has some upside here definitely those high clean sheet odds are gonna make them all strong starts and i think they uh, any of those guys up top have a good chance of getting a goal or two and uh, you saw havertz kind of go off a bit this last week i wouldn't expect that in the future. Um, But one guy I actually really like this week, if he can get a start of Eziak, I know he sat out last game, so he might not get into the starting squad, which is okay. I'm still picking him up because I really think in one of these next few games, he's going to get that opportunity to uh, get in that starting lineup, kind of like Pulisic did surprisingly this week, and I think he'll make more of it. He's on more set pieces, and he looked dangerous in the World Cup, so coming off some form, getting some playing time. He's fit. Um, let's see what he can do on this Chelsea team who has looked uninspiring until, I guess, this past week.
0: Yeah, completely agree about Ziyech. And I i know I ran my mouth about Raheem Sterling last week, and he had an attack in return this last week. Uh, but I'm still not 100% sold on like trying to go trade for him or something unless there was somebody who... You knew in your league was upset not a Chelsea fan and really you know looking to ship him out and and move on to to someone else another I watched the majority of this game last week and another player I was impressed with who I haven't been impressed with since his move was cucarella he seemed to every 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 touch every time he had the ball it was a it was a valuable use of the ball he was he was really he was good going forward he was connecting well with the kind of he was connecting real well with uh, Pulisic and Mount. They really had a nice a nice triangle going on, kind of running their defenders in circles up there. And I wouldn't be surprised if, especially with Chilwell still recovering from an injury, if he picks up some momentum and tries to kind of stamp his name on that spot and keep Chilwell out of the lineup. So he's definitely got a point to prove and somebody I'm 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 looking for a big return this week. Um, especially since he's been kind of underwhelming since his move from Brighton.
1: Yeah, you're looking for a clean sheet from all these guys. So if mm-hmm. he can get anything else from that,
0: it's 20-plus points. All right, so that, that wraps it up for the matchups for this week. Um, let's go to starts of the week. Uh, no Nate this week, unfortunately. So, Zach, just you and I. Uh, let's start with defenders. Who do you like and and why?
1: Yeah, I like Uh Anytime he's come into this Chelsea squad, he seems to be – match fit and ready and takes command. Um, He'll hopefully be at that right back spot in the four back. So he won't present as much upside as if he were in the right wing back spot in the five back. Uh, But I I anticipate him having some more freedom to get forward this week, uh, even though he is what, 32 or so right now and probably not uh, anywhere near as dynamic as he once was. Uh, He presents a good option, especially if you're looking for a backup um, for some of your Other higher upside defenders, like I mentioned before, if you have Doherty and you can back him up with Asplaqueta, I really love that. Um, And also Tete, Uh, we saw him do well last week. Uh, And I don't see that stopping. I know that Crystal Palace got a red card or two red cards, that is. But uh, his offense is potent as long as Mitrovic is up top and he should have some uh, freedom to kind of get forward against a a uh, weak Southampton side defensively is uh, maybe putting it lightly.
0: Yep, I like both of those. My, I've got two in defense. One I just talked about Cucurella for for the reasons I talked about. I just think he's got a point to prove, and he'll be he'll be focused on uh, on putting in performances that keep Ben Chilwell away from that starting lineup as he returns, which which is a tough task. And then other. Uh, 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 Another one I like, I know it's it's an easy start is Fabian Schär. He produces a few goals a year, you know, 3 to 5 goals per year as a big defender and I think if I'm correct he doesn't have any this year. And I I think it's time for him to score. So my prediction for him this week is simple. I like him as a really strong start cuz I think it's I think it's time for him to score a goal i know that's a long shot i may even put a bet on it this week i feel so strongly about it i just got a feeling i don't know he's got one
1: goal this season for the record he's got one okay yeah
0: so but he's if i feel like he's due for another oh he's
1: so due he got a goal in the first game against nottingham forest
0: okay there you go well yeah he's definitely due to stay on on his three to five goals a season average so yeah uh midfielders go for it, Zach.
1: Yeah, so at the midfield position, I've got uh, Saeed Ben-Rama, who scored a penalty last week against Arsenal and seems to kind of be more favored by David Moyes, which has really been one of the biggest things holding him back. He's scored fairly well when he's been able to get the starts. It's just a matter of getting the starts. So if we can see him continue to string these starts together and maybe even play 80-plus minutes, he is looking more like a midfielder 2 or 3 for me. Uh, most weeks and this week he gets a uh, more porous defense than he did last week against Arsenal so I could see him scoring pretty well against Brentford who are one of the weaker teams against midfielders uh, even though West Ham are maybe not uh, you know scoring at will so look for him to to keep the keep the fire going and I also like Olise or Eze to bounce back this week uh, against uh, who is it they're playing again uh great podcasting here uh they play bournemouth Uh, so yeah. yeah i like them to bounce back against bournemouth uh i think that it presents you know good opportunity for them to get forward and anyone who's telling you they're a bad start this week based on their performance last week is off their rocker it's really unfair to judge any attacking assets uh when they're playing with two less guys i mean they were really just sitting in a low block trying to you know stop anything coming at them so look at them to get forward I think they're gonna bounce back this mm-hmm.
0: week yeah I I love all the palace assets as well as a, as a call out this week but they just made me look like such a schmuck last week Calling Ol- Olise as the start of the week I know that was uh it was just it was very situational in terms of their what they were asked to do in the game but this week I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one I'm gonna go Christian Norgard for Brentford just because he's he's you know he's very very consistent if you look at his scoring last year he you know he runs that midfield he had an assist last week against spurs and he's gonna play he's gonna play all 90 minutes if he's healthy and he's uh you know he's the one that they work the offense through if it's not uh, push the ball high and long tim bueno or tony if they're building he's usually the one making the connection and once again, he's just very underowned. I think I saw today 31%, 32% ownership, and that's that's tragically low. So grab him if you can before uh, before the consistency starts to starts to raise some eyebrows in your leagues.
1: Yeah, it looks like he's up to 41% now, but that's still firmly in streaming category. And I oh, would yeah. definitely take a peek at your waiver wire, see if he's free, because if you can get him, he's a great rock-solid floor option. Yeah. Um, in case you need that in midfield.
0: All right, it's Packers. Go, Zach. Yeah,
1: so Adozi riding in the flames. He's you know got 11-ish points, I think 10 points in standard scoring. Uh, last week uh, in a decent matchup against uh, Brighton, I believe, where I think this week he could do even better um, against uh, Fulham, and I think he is a young talent that you want to take your, your chance on and just hope he... Strings together some starts and uh, plays some good minutes here because he loves taking people on and playing an exciting brand of football and really an otherwise unexciting side. But with a new manager, uh, I think a lot is possible with him. And let's just hope that they're able to kind of feed him a bit and maybe he puts up some uh, pseudo Jack Relichet Villa numbers. You know, maybe sixty percent of whatever he did. That would be your your best case scenario. I think.
0: And um, did you have one more?
1: Yeah, uh, now that you mention it, I actually have Alanga <laughs> <laughs> in case he gets the start against Wolves this week. He's probably going to hit that uh, right attacking mid spot in case Anthony drops out just because uh, they might rotate or something. Or if it's Garnacho, I like him maybe a little bit more actually than Alanga uh, just because we've seen some more proven success from him uh, this year. And really there's not much more to say than Wolves are just a team on the low. I know they came off a win against Everton this past week, but that's by no means uh, a result I expect to continue against a pretty strong Man um, United side. So they should control the game. They should it, get chances.
0: Yeah, and it took Wolves, what, 98 minutes to beat Everton? So it's not like it was a, it was a real convincing win that, that signals a turnaround, but you never know uh my one for the week is going to be obvious if he's starting but is is going to be callum wilson because there's a good chance he may not be healthy enough he was back at their training ground the day after christmas he didn't play a ton in the world cup so while he still was able to train he he shouldn't he shouldn't kind of be beat up i know he the reason he's out is because he's a bit sick he's got an illness so pending he can overcome that by i think their game's on the 31st so he's still got a few more days almost a full week to kind of rid himself of that illness, uh, he's a really really strong start this week, and somebody you may have kind of forgot about on your bench just because he hasn't uh, hasn't hasn't been consistently available.
1: Yeah, I like that one. Anyone on Newcastle up top start, even Chris Lloyd, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I think he scored last week. So. Um, all right, let's move to Zach. Do you have some Twitter questions for us?
1: Yeah, we got a couple of submissions this week. So uh, one of them is from Frog Taga. Uh, love the name. Wow, great name. said, yeah. welcome back, gents. Do you hold Alvarez if you roster Holland? So I'll give that one to you first.
0: Do you hold, Al- hold Alvarez if you roster Holland? Um, you know, the handcuff thing is not as – it's not as – as convincing of a like if someone's trying to trade me somebody because they're going to give me a handcuff of a current player i have that's not as big of a deal for me as it is say like like fantasy football with running backs things like that i it has been incredibly tough whether or not because i've been i bounce back and forth i've had him i haven't had him and i have chosen to send him to waivers in what in in one league where he's not been picked up and it seems like this guy's gonna hold him And I dropped him or no, excuse me. And and then in one league, I am holding him. I don't know in Holland, but I'm holding him anyway. I think it's, it's optimistic to think his role will change for city, even though he had such a, such an impactful world cup, but I'm going to hold him for a couple weeks simply because my roster construction allows me to, and you know, maybe he gets a start over one of these next two games. Once again, that's depends on the repercussions of his celebrations, but I'm holding him for a couple more weeks, whether or not I own Holland, to see where he fits into the city lineup once he returns. But I don't know, Zach. I mean, do you really think his performance at the World Cup is going to affect him him starting more games with City?
1: Not at all. Uh, it, it. If anything, he might get a couple more starts on like the wing, uh, but I don't think he at all. I, I don't see Holland getting benched more often because of Alvarez's performance in the World Cup.
0: Oh oh I don't see Holland getting benched ever. Yeah. I mean he said himself, I don't I don't need rest. Yeah. You know. He's not a do, human. And I totally Yeah, exactly. I mean if Alvarez starts 100 percent it's that right wing spot, you know, where it's rotation between he and Mares and uh you know, sometimes Bernardo Silva. I don't see him ever actually starting over Holland, unless there was a couple games where he had minor injuries, and it was good to own Alvarez then. But it's just hard. It's hard to see Holland getting injured. He's a freak. It's going to take a real big, a real big body, a real big man, and collision combination to really hurt him. I feel like.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't see that changing anytime soon, but alvarez kind of goes in the category for me where like i feel like someone's always going to own him because it's really just like do you have a roster spot free where you know you there's it's only like streamers left in which case you might as well hold the highest upside streamer being alvarez and it's city offense um but he's also very much able to be dropped if uh, another asset that's out there that possesses maybe like 70, 80% of his upside is out there. Uh, definitely go ahead and drop him and feel, feel free uh, to do so. Cause otherwise he's just going to burn a hole in your roster and really cost you a spot the whole year. Cause he's not going to start more than like 10, 15% of games.
0: Yeah. I was trying to do a, a would you rather, but it's hard just cause he's so strange. Like any other team, besides maybe like Liverpool he's an easy start every week just just because just he's clearly so talented but it's yeah it's it's city they are the anomaly in most situations so I'm uh, yeah based on roster construction it's at your discretion but I don't think owning Holland and having the handcuff really affects my decision on whether or not i'm I'm owning Alvarez as well
1: all right, let's move to the, the next question here. Uh, this one, I'm not sure how genuine it is, but it is from shantong Tong 81. Who to keep and who to drop? VVD, TAA, and Robertson. I'm going to assume you're... I, I don't know what to assume with this question necessarily, so I'm inclined to move to the next one. But if you're talking about putting <laughs> any of these fellas on waiver wire for... I don't care if you are in a two-team league. You can't drop any of them. And... If you're talking about who to trade, I'll treat it like how to trade. I'll entertain it that way. Uh, I would say probably... Um, I would probably trade TAA because he's got the highest name value. Um, Van Dyke's your floor guy, and Robertson I think is maybe underrated. I, I'd rather have him than Trent as of right now, but maybe that is just recency bias on my part. What about you?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would say I'll, I'll play the other side of it. Just so we have, just so we have two. I would say I would, like you said, hold VVD because he's, he's got that nice floor and he seems to be in terms of his fans, fan tracks production. It's, it's, being revived to what we've known the past couple of seasons, but I would trade Andy Robertson simply because you can still get pretty premium value for him, especially since he's a defender, he's on Liverpool and he is, you know, an attacking return monster, you know, top five defender. I would trade him simply because I'm terrified to trade away TAA. Cause the second he turns that switch back to being that 20 point a game defender, you're, you You know, you're going to be pulling your hair out that you, even though you got good value for him, it's probably not going to be enough based on his value currently on, you know, based on his, on his recent performances. I'm sure owners over the last month or so have been fending people off or some of you have parted with him, but I would say trade Robertson just so when, and I assume will happen, TAA turns into that, that monster return guy again you're not, you know, you're not punching yourself for letting him go for less than his real value.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, again, not, not sure what was intended via that question uh, as none of them should be dropped. Make that clear again. But uh, another question uh, from Shantong 81, one want a little bit more poignant in my opinion, De Gea or Kappa, uh, who do you want to hold? Because Uh, You clearly don't want to use two spots on a keeper. Uh, I would personally say De Gea. That's been my strategy, actually. I made that same decision. They've got a good stretch of games where I know uh, Chelsea has City approaching. So for me, I kind of like to look at goalkeeper as, okay, who can I get and start for like three or four games and hop on to the next guy? And De Gea is that guy right now.
0: Yeah, uh, this question makes me a bit, you know, my brain is screaming right now because having to try to analyze keepers makes me a little mad, but I would say, so I played Kep in a, we in a, in a game week this week and he essentially won me my game week. So there's a little bit of bias there, but I am going to have to go De Heya as well. Casemiro has been fantastic. He's really, you know, his, he's had a few attacking returns, but really his best value is ball winning is sturdiness in that midfield. So Fernandez can kind of roam free and he's really, you know, solidified that spot right in front of the defense. So, I mean, if we're talking rest of season, I guess I'll go De Gea, and I'm going to base that off of Casemiro's proficiency in the midfield. But overall, I don't like having to choose between either of them. I like I told you, Zach, I forgot to remove Larisse from two of my teams this week. That's how infrequently I look at keepers. I just sometimes forget that they're there.
1: Yep. I agree. And that's how it should be done. You shouldn't be focusing on them too hard. Uh, Obviously they make an impact on your lineup. You don't want to be starting guys uh, against teams like city, but um, overall it's quite random. Uh, Just kind of go with the clean sheet odds. Who's getting the points as of recent and stay in the flames. That's, really all I've got for uh, goalkeeper, the equation is not too complicated. Uh, and with that, I uh, think that concludes our podcast for today. Um, I'll let you close it
0: out. Yeah, everybody. Uh, thanks for having us this week. Uh, we, we miss Nate and hopefully he can join us again soon, but uh, enjoy the, you know, it's not as frantic of a holiday season as we used to, but we still have a couple of, really uh rapid game weeks in succession before it turns to some sort of quasi normal schedule in the new year so zach thanks and uh everybody enjoy the matches this week we'll see you next time cheers everybody